Welcome to Balitas for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. We're halfway through 2022, lovers, which means it's time for our annual mid-year review. Did we eat up Sharma G's snacks? How many birds had to sacrifice their plumage to make Nawazuddin Siddiqui's blazers? Did Tapsi Panu have us running in circles? All this and more as we discuss the most notable Hindi language releases of the year thus far. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. Matt, I can't believe we're here again. I can't believe we're doing another big Roundup review episode. It feels like we just did our 2021 year-end episode, and now we're doing our 2022 mid-year episode. Time flies when you're in a global panty and uh, (laughs) lots of other stuff happens. Uh, And it's a scientifically proven fact that years take up less room in your memory as you grow older. Mm, So that's why you remember things from when you were a child a lot more, because they take up more room in your memory banks. Yeah. That's science. I used to feel like the longest wait between Christmas and Christmas, and now I'm like... I can't believe Christmas was six months ago and that Christmas is only six months away. Yeah. Uh, So we've talked a bit in the past about trying to make these episodes a bit more manageable for us while still kind of maintaining the spirit of, of the episodes and also our desire to kind of check in twice a year with new releases. Maybe we should do a quarterly and only do four movies. No, no. What I was going to say is, so we have 12 to discuss in this episode. I thought that was pretty solid work we put in. Pretty especially solid. Especially at the end there. Yeah. And I think the way, because we've kind of, again, we've, we've kind of discussed how we want to manage these going forward. And I think the way that we're going to do it is we're going to prioritize stuff we are interested in, mm-hmm. high profile stuff, and stuff that we think makes good pod. And that isn't on Z5. And so that we will get to that. So we're not going to try and see absolutely everything. Every Akshay Kumar film, for instance. No, I think we're going to try and keep it to one lead Akshay Kumar performance per episode. Yeah, he's pricing himself out of the podcast market by <laughs> flooding the uh, flooding the zone. Like if he has a, a supporting role in something, that's fine. But like one lead. Yeah. Actually, Kumar film per per episode if we can. We are still going to attempt. It's funny that we have to, to... figure out a way around actually Kumar. Like he's he's one of our <laughs> no, biggest I problems. Meant, I meant these episodes. I know, in, I know, in but general like, to make we them... need a special Kumar rule. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just to kind of make it easy on us. I think I think that's reasonable. You yeah. know, the big things, the things we're really interested in, and then we throw in a few that we just think might make good pod. <laughs> a sprinkling of Akshay. We didn't really have anything this year that was as good as a Koi Johnny uh, Do, but uh, Hero Panty comes Koi Johnny pretty, Na. Koi Johnny Na, but Hero Panty comes pretty close in the being a terrible movie. It yeah. just didn't back it up by having a fun second half. Yeah. Uh, any, any thoughts about the year so far that you want to share? Anything off the top of your head before we get into it? I have a hot take. Uh-huh. I have an observation that I, I'd like to share. Is it alarming? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I think... Well, maybe, depending on how you look at it. Maybe for you it is. What? Uh, I think it's been a really good year for movies about women, and I think there's been a lot of really solid female performances. I'm not alarmed by this. No. <laughs> I'm in a Because you've watched the same movies I I've have. I've watched all these movies with you. 
And I would have to say, you know what? The ladies are doing it. Yeah. The ladies are in better movies this year than the than the dudes. Yeah. At least from what we've seen. The ones that are female fronted are substantially better. Yeah, we've kind of skipped some of the the broier films, so we did a poll on Twitter. And then we didn't do what they said. We did a poll on Twitter to see if we should watch Jund or Jersey. Both are almost three hour long sports films. Uh, I've seen the Telugu film that Jersey is based on and I didn't particularly like it from what I understand. This is a shot for shot remake starring same Shahid director, Kapoor, think, yeah. same director. Um, I've heard really good things about Jund and Jund was what came through in our poll. That's with Amitabh Bachchan teaching soccer from what I understand, coaching soccer. Mm-hmm. However... Which they would call kick hockey. <laughs> we... Sat down to watch it, and we've been having so many problems with Z5. And so because of our issues with Z5, we haven't been able to watch Jund. We started to watch Attack Part 1, same issue. Uh, and so those those two, we just, we, we, we actually tried. We sat down to watch them. Now... Jersey, we did not try. We... No, because it lost the poll. And also, who wants to watch another three-hour-long cricket movie? Not me. I did enough of that... People Four months ago? Really, people really liked the original. It, it didn't work for me. But anyways. Um, so we've I'm been just having... wondering how they work like Jersey accents into a uh, uh, uh-huh, Hindi uh-huh. sports film. So we've been having issues with Z5 where the subtitles on our Apple TV app are not syncing up with the film. This is better so... than what used to happen where they just didn't show up, I guess. Or Slightly better. the film just couldn't play. So we are talking to... Z5 customer support. We hope to have better news about it, about that issue in the future. Uh, however, it meant that we just kind of couldn't make Jund or Attack Part 1 work. Uh, I am still hoping that we can catch up with Jund, talk about it in our um, year-end review, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Attack Part 1 looks kind of stupid, and it's probably fine if we miss it. Well, yeah, we thought it would make... We, might, we, we thought, thought it might it, make good pod. Yeah, it might make good pod. Hilariously, though, the first thing we did watch on Z5 when we got the mm-hmm. new version of the app was Sancheria, which we talked about uh, two beautiful. episodes ago. Yeah. And it looked great. And the subtitles worked fine. So I think it's a coding issue movie by movie, and I don't think that Z5 is going to be able to fix it. Yeah, so we might... We might have to go back to airplaying them. Yeah, we'll see, though. I wasn't having that issue on my phone, but we're not going to sit down and watch three hours of Amitabh Bachchan coaching soccer on my on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not this how we This is an extremely first world problem, though. It 100% is. But, you know, we, we did we did try and watch those films, and they weren't working. The Kashmir Files... We also did not watch. We are not going to watch. Uh, I feel that that movie does not deserve our attention. Case closed. Yeah, we don't want to be watching anti-Muslim propaganda. Yeah. So we, we've decided not to give it a platform on our show. Uh, we also haven't seen Runway 34 um, or Samrat Prithviraj. I don't think that's even streaming it, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. And we also have a one Akshay Kumar. Yeah. The one, <laughs> Aksh- the one, one Akshay, Akshay will... Kumar film per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Jug Jug Geo just came out, but we haven't made it to the theaters yet, so that will likely be discussed in our year-end review. So. It also didn't seem like appointment film going. It looks fun. Manish quite liked it. Mm. I, I'm, it's set in Toronto. Oh, great. My favorite city. <laughs> Actually, folks, I hate Toronto. I think I might have brought it up before. <laughs> so that's what we haven't seen, but 
we as I said, we prioritize different things, and I think we have a lot of excellent movies to to discuss. I'm a lot more excited about um, this bunch of films than I think I was this time last year. I'd have to look, but there's some. Decent there's no stuff girl on the train. <laughs> yeah, nothing obscenely horrible. Yeah. In like filmmaking shows, apart from Hero Panty, which nothing was awful, but kind of fun. I don't know. There's nothing here that I think we really had to force ourselves to watch. Looking. Oh, at I was list. I was flagging during the second part of Hero Panty too. But I think overall, we found a lot of these films really engaging or fascinating. <laughs> or yeah, weird enough to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get into it, I feel like we should also point out the biggest film, the biggest Indian film of the year so far is not a Hindi film. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's Triple R, which is Telugu film. It rules. <laughs> directed by S.S. Rajamuli, starring Ram Charan and NTR Jr. Uh, You'd seen those guys in other movies before. I'd never seen either of them. Yeah, I had. I'm not the biggest fan of South Indian blockbusters. Uh, I I know they are quite popular, and I certainly like a lot of South Indian films. Um, but a lot of the the big action blockbusters don't always they're not always my thing. I really like what S S Rajamouli does though, um, because he just I think has like he takes directing action to just a completely higher level of of art and entertainment. It's been said a bunch of times, but like. Hindi movies don't really need superheroes because, like, mm -hmm. cops and revolutionaries are superheroes in these films. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, the ultimate example of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's the ultimate bromance. Um, I'm sure everyone is already familiar with Triple R, so we don't need to well, get say, into it's it. Let's say, like, as far as, like, film Twitter goes in the States, it's, like, yeah. a huge breakout hit. And it has people looking at older Rajmuli mm -hmm. stuff, which I think is fantastic. I'm happy that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the focus of our show, even though we did talk about Bahubali, as I recall. Yeah, I think it's just, I think there's a, there's an, I, it looks like there might be an interest developing in Indian cinema, certainly in South Indian action films amongst um, kind of Western film fans. And I think, I think that's really exciting. There's certainly been a rash of people calling Triple R a Bollywood movie. <laughs> yes, it is not. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Tollywood. Uh, and there's even a really good video by uh, a, a YouTube guy named Patrick Willems, who mm -hmm. I follow, who talking about NTR, well, sorry, Triple R, uh, as well as a little bit about the three stars and how mm -hmm. really Triple R is, you know, NTR, Ramcharan, and Rajamouli. They are the R's, and they yeah. kind of just came up with Rise, Roar, Revolt afterwards. But it's just showing how it's like the, basically, stupid to say this, but the Avengers of mm -hmm. uh, Telugu cinema getting together and yeah. making a movie together, which they've never done before. Well, not, I've seen, not all three of them. I've seen some people wonder, like, is this just like a cause celebra from Western film critics? Like, is this just something they glommed onto? Is this actually like... A big exciting movie in India is just like yeah. oh no this it's is 100% a big like this is this is Rajamouli's follow up to Bahubali this is two of the biggest stars who've never been on screen together like yeah. this is not just something it's pretty big <laughs> that western critics have decided to champion yeah and it is just nice to see western critics pull their heads out of their own assholes and talk about things that aren't French yeah. and aren't Korean even yeah. like that those are what's been Kind of the most talked over. And even, like, Japanese, too. So... Or Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Like, if this leads to more uh, South Asian cinema getting looked at, I think that's great. 
Yeah, and I, we've more said retrospectives, it, more screenings. Yeah, we've said it many times, but Indian cinema does not need kind yeah. of the Western lens or the Western stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, from from the standpoint of, of myself as a cinephile and a fan of Indian cinema, I'm just excited to see more people watching it, discovering it, yeah. talking about it, because I, I just want this thing I love to be popular. It could be a <laughs> Field of Dreams type thing, too, where just... More people talking about it. If you build it, they'll come. Yeah. So we've been building it for a while. Yeah, we've been pulling up our end. I think New York needs to get its act together. No, maybe maybe we uh, we missed the boat. <laughs> maybe we should have done uh, a South Indian South film Indian, podcast. South yeah. Indian films. Seven cool. years in, we realize our true calling. Um, but no, we we discuss Hindi language films here. And on that note, our first film is Loop Lapida. So, Loop Lapida stars Topsy Panu as Savi and Tahir Rajbasan as Satya. And uh, Debendu Bhattacharya as Victor. Those are kind of the main three mm-hmm. people. Uh, this came out on Netflix, 4th of February. Mm-hmm. February was a really good month for Bollywood. Yeah. Yeah, we went to the movies more in February, I think, for <laughs> Hindi films or any kind of films, really, than we have any other month this yeah. year. Uh, we didn't go see this in the movie theater, obviously, because it wasn't out there. Uh, it was directed by Akash Bhatia. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an interesting one for us because it's based... It is an official adaptation of one of our favorite German films yes. of all time, Run, Draw, Little Run, by, uh, by Tom Tiekfer. Yes. So expectations were pretty high for this going in. Yeah, to put it into perspective, <laughs> when we were in high school, uh, Matt told me I should dye my hair bright red like Lola from Run, Lola Run, and I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that and is, then you've been dyeing your hair for 15 years. It, yeah, m- longer than that. Um, so this movie, Run, Lola Run, I think is a, is a movie that's quite special for us. It's a movie that's it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I've said before that it's the movie that got me interested in studying film to begin with. So to say that... I had I'm not necessarily high expectations, but to say that I was... Curiosity's peaked. Yeah, I, my curiosity was peaked, but I was also coming into this with, you know, um, not skepticism, but just trying my hardest to not compare it to the original. Because I'm trying to think what the I last... Just, I just don't think that's useful. You often get the unofficial remake, but mm-hmm. not so much the official. And I wonder what, what, what it was about this project that uh, they wanted to approach Tom Tiefer. I I could be wrong on this, but I feel like as Bollywood and Indian cinema in general has a more global scale, it continues to have, um, you know, be big money on all these streaming services and at the box office. I think there's more attention paid. And I just... I think because of that, you just can't get away <laughs> with 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 uh, yeah. with ripping off other films anymore. I was also wondering. I mean, I know Quentin Tarantino was fine with it, but yeah, I was also wondering: Is Run Lola Run on Netflix in India and other places, and does mm. it do really well? And when a producer says, "Hey, I want to remake this," does Netflix say, "Oh yeah, you know, our metrics say that's going to work"? Yeah, and it also might be that these that that the filmmakers. Making these some of these remakes, we're getting. Um, They're about our age, so it's probably something that they appreciated when. Well, they yeah, were in high they school. they probably also have respect for for the films and the and the storytelling. We're also getting uh, Zoya Actors remaking um, The Departed. 
And Archie. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... The, the part of which in itself is a remake of Infernal Affairs. Yes. So that's, that's three layers of ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, yes, we've seen a lot of stuff in the past that, um, yeah, wasn't calling out its source material and certainly wasn't um, doing... Official. It, wasn't official, but more and more the remakes that we're seeing both and, and also within the Indian film industry. Yeah, we see lots of adaptations. Korean So back to Loop Lapida. I kind of knew that there was no way this film was ever going to live up to the original. And that's fine. Yeah. It, it really, it doesn't have to. It's also not a show for show remake. It's so also it's, a completely different film. They actually tried a lot of stuff, so... <laughs> You know, it's it's easy to not get let down when it's not exactly running over the same yeah. uh, path. This is a completely different film. It's certainly within the spirit and taking the premise of Run, Little Run and adapting it to Goa mm-hmm. <laughs> and to these characters. I think t- I thought Topsy Panu was a perfect casting choice. She didn't seem to run that fast, but she also no. has a canonical reason why, which is kind of weird. But yeah. It makes sense w- why she's kind of down on her luck. Do you want to set up the plot? Sure. So Topsy Panu is a former track star who injures herself doing hurdles. Uh, we see this in the opening sort of cartoon explaining what mm-hmm. happens. And she has a messed up knee. Uh, her relationship with her father is not great. He runs a boxing academy and she mostly sits around and smokes weed all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hooks up with a guy named Satyajit, who played by Tahiraj Basin. Who's also a, great. He's good. His character is a loser. Yeah. Uh, he gambles like, all the time and loses all their money. These he, characters are not Lola and Manny, but at the same time, I was still like, these are, they're just perfectly yeah, cast. It, kind like, of, it, it works. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah. If you did, if you'd never seen Lola Run, Lola Run, this was your introduction, should be perfectly enjoyable. But I also think if you had, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is totally yeah, the Lola Manny I could Manny see where dynamic. they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. She's a lot more of a type A personality, and uh, Satya is more of a type Sadia <laughs> um, gets hired by Victor, who is a restaurateur slash gangster, to take a bag of money uh, to a guy to uh, release uh, debt. I yeah, think. yeah. And he's on the bus, and he forgets he forgets the money on the bus, and a kind of like Rasta type character finds the money. Yeah. Uh, but that original money isn't really that important. What we're really after is Satya and Sabi trying to figure out ways to make, what is it, 50 locks? Or is it five locks? No, I think it's I think 50, it's 50 locks. locks. Yeah, they need to make 50 locks it's, uh, in about an hour. The subtitles, I think, call it five million. But I kept not, saying five million, but I'm pretty sure million. it's 50 locks. Yeah, and they say it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she has like what twenty minutes to try and get him the money. About an hour, I think. It's it's longer than the original because it's time to a turkey cooking. Right. I think it's maybe like fifty three minutes or something. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, various scenarios are uh, gone through where uh, there's like gambling, robbing a uh, jewelry store, robbing a wedding. Yeah. Um, and kind of what's special about this movie is that. Uh, so about a third of the way in through the first uh, uh, the first attempt. Uh, exactly, the first attempt. Yeah. Um, Satya gets shot and dies, and then Savi wakes up in the bathroom where she just did a uh, pregnancy test. Yeah. About an hour earlier. And it starts all over again. Yeah, and then it's a loop. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I really liked this. I think it could have been a bit tighter. I think it, it could have been a tight 90. I think it drags a little bit. Uh, but I think this did a really good job of kind of the, like I said, the essence and premise of Run Little Run and, and the questions that Run Little Run ask about the way that small things can kind of change the course of your life. Is your shitty and, boyfriend worth saving? <laughs> well, and also about like, there, there's something, there's something very poignant in Run Little Run about just like your chosen soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it totally touches on those themes in ways that I found really satisfying. There's a couple homages to the original film. I think Lola actually shows up at the end. It's not a really good likeness for her, but well, you only see her from the back. Yeah, that's not the right shade of hair. Anyways, yeah, I actually saw that costume in yeah. Frankfurt, so it was off a little bit. I think the pants are more blue. Yeah. Um, and I think like having that animated sequence is also like yeah, a callback to the original film. Yeah. It doesn't do the thing where every time she runs into someone, you get like little flashes about what then happens in your life. But they kind of incorporate more characters that you see kind of over the three, the three loops. Yeah. Um, how how that changes the course of things. I think that's why it's longer because yes. those scenes of her running into people on the original, it's just like three seconds long and yeah. you see kind of a, really cool. a potential future that happens for that person yeah I the, the soundtrack's pretty good but I mean the, the soundtrack for the original is just iconic I didn't find it as kind of propulsive it's a very like Euro techno pulsing thing. the original yeah yeah. The, not the new one the new one the new one has a laid back Goa vibe which I did appreciate and yeah. I, I basically like every movie set in Goa <laughs> I would like to go yeah so it yeah it it's enjoyable. Yeah. I do think she becomes aware. It's it's very, it's a lot more clear to me that she becomes aware that she's in a loop than I feel like it is in Run Little Run. I think it's entirely ambiguous in the original. I think, it, yeah, it is ambiguous. I think there's kind of touches that could say she is, but you you could read it different ways. Um, but yeah, I do, I really recommend this film. I really recommend Run Little Run, Little Run as well, but I was really happy to see... Um, just a fresh take yeah. on one of my favorite films and a film that I think, you know, again, wanted to do something new, wanted to have um, a similar conversation, but a different conversation. And so like similar themes, but they were, they're adapted for, for the Bollywood context here. Yeah. It which also is does what those... I want to see from a remake. Yeah. This it is also... exactly the kind of thing I want to see from a remake. Yeah. And it also does those scenes in between the different loops really mm-hmm. well where, in I the original, the original, it's the Tom Peek for uh, signature of having like a super red scene. Yeah, they're so red I believe here. that happens in Cloud Atlas, but not like completely blanched out red. Well, because they're on like a roof and there's um like red neon lights. Well, the, no, they're in their house. No, in this one. Yeah, no, they're in their house in this one for the most part. Like, oh, the red stuff is at the beginning of this movie, but like the scenes yeah. in between the loops is them kind of hanging out. Yeah, but it. it Smartly integrates Indian mythology by talking about the story of Savi yes. and Sacha. I was thinking of a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's another good way to tie the story into uh, what local people would be interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really effective. I, I came away very satisfied with it. Good movie. Our next film was a uh, quite controversial. Yeah, it uh, felt like yeah. everyone on Indian film Twitter was just. Talking about this movie for four weeks, basically. But there wasn't really else a lot going on. Uh, this was also a uh, kind of straight-to-streaming service release. This one went to Amazon Prime. And this is Gary Young. 
This is the latest film from Chakran Batra, a filmmaker that you and I both quite like. His previous film was Kapoor and Sons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a good one. It's it's one of the it's it's an all time film. <laughs> um, this stars Topeka Padukone, Sidhan Chaturvedi, and Ayanya Pandey. Uh, this is a film about adultery, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it was so controversial and so discussed. Topeka Padukone is in a relationship with Daria Karwa. Um, they've been going out for a while. They haven't really taken things to the next step, and they're both She's kind, kind of, of a loser. They're both kind of stuck in their relationship and in their careers. Ananya Pandey plays T, who is Topeka Patacone. Topeka Patacone's character's name is Alicia. She's her cousin, and she kind of comes back into her life with her new uh, fiancé, played by Sidhant Chaturvedi. They're rich. And they're very rich. (laughs) Uh, T has this kind of um, vacation house uh, that... Was, it was kind of like a, a place that they would go growing up that belonged to their family, but now it belongs to, to her. And to, Topeka Patacone's Alicia starts an affair with Sithead Tragivetti, and things kind of go a bit a wild from there. Yeah. Um, I really liked this film. I do think it kind of has some third act twists that... I wasn't a little ridiculous. That, that felt a little ridiculous, and I wasn't entirely sure was necessary. Um, but I, I really, I really enjoyed this. It's like it's a very sweaty movie. It's mm-hmm. a very sexy movie. Like this is a extremely sexy cast. <laughs> well, it's funny considering They're, that Adrian Lyne had a new movie out this year, right. Deep Water. Mm-hmm. And you found this sexier. This did a way better job, mm-hmm. and like it didn't even add a Diarmas in it. And, like, she elevates any movie that she's in. You know what? That's not a bad comparison. This does kind of feel like like an Adrian Lyne film. Yeah. And... Down to the twists, even. Yeah, the twists are suitably ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that this is shot... I guess rich is, an, is, a, is something you could apply to this. It, it kind of looks like, you know, aspirational life porn a lot of the time. Like, oh, yeah. here's a nice mansion. And here's... Here's a boat. Everyone but also you find is, out that everyone is very sad and very stressed out. Yeah, everyone is beautiful. Their clothes are beautiful. The locations are beautiful. And there's just kind of this, like, sweaty, sexy malaise about it all. Yeah. Yeah, MC it's a vibe. MC Share does a great job of being stressed out. Yeah. He's approaching, like, Adam Sandler and Uncut Jam's level of just absolutely screwing up his own life and yeah. just being out on a shoestring. It's a vibe. It's a great showcase for Topeka Padukone. I also think it's a great showcase Ananya Pandey. Um, she didn't make a huge impression on me when she debuted in Student of the Year 2. Um, mm-hmm. But I think of of the two young actresses who debuted in that film, she is she's the one who has a career I am interested in following and has a screen presence um, that, I, yeah. that I'm, I'm enjoying. She seems very vulnerable and... It makes sense why uh, Chaturvedi might kind of cheat on her because she's kind of dumb. And it's, yeah, it, it totally makes sense for that sort of film that mm-hmm. she would be that sort of, uh, you know, object of desire because of her wealth, but also Sithan is more into Deepika Patakon, mm-hmm. the forbidden fruit. 
it's really great performances all around, and it's nice to see um, MC share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for Deepika and to helm films. a movie that isn't like a historical or a Sanji Lila Bansali movie, it's kind of been a while since she's done like a normal person movie. I'm thinking like what cocktail, Piku, Piku, but like she's done Pemavat. Like she's really good at that sort of warrior princess stuff too. And it was <laughs> nice to see her just as a normal person again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a great showcase for her for sure. And you know, it's very clear that she's that she's picked this role for the opportunity to show you know like a a complex character, and she does she does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I like it as much as Jacqueline Batra's previous two films. No. Uh, but I really liked this one, and I really don't understand why people found it somewhat controversial. I think there was a lot of aunties out there clucking there about it. And also, it was February, it was winter here, and... We had nothing else to do, that's yeah, what it was. there was a bit more, at least... Here in Alberta, the pandemic, we were actually trying a bit harder, yeah. and it was kind of peaking at that point, so everyone was inside. Nothing else to do but watch a movie and bitch about it, so yeah, there's your answer. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Bad High Doe, which the Wikipedia article says not to be confused with Bad High Ho. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, so this came out... It's the, it's the spiritual sequel to Bad High Ho, though. Yeah. Came out uh, February 11th, 2022, uh, directed by Harshvardhan Karkani. And we saw this in theaters. We got yeah. a theater to ourselves. We, okay, we saw this with a friend of the show, Rush Meat, and we went to the very fancy new theater that I won't <laughs> shut up about, Tamarack, west, uh, southeast side of Edmonton. It rules, and I'm very happy that a nice theater is playing Indian movies, yeah. and a nice theater that's like 10 minutes away from where all the Indian people live. It just makes sense. <laughs> yes. And uh, we had the theater to ourselves. Yeah, we, we were the only, only ones in the theater, there. too. So maybe it was a bit more luxurious feeling because we were the only ones present. Um, but nice leather couches. Please sponsor us, uh, Landmark Tamarack. Bad High Doe is the spiritual sequel to Bad High Ho. A movie we really liked. We liked Bad High Ho a lot. We talked about that one on our interview episode with uh, your sister-in-law. Yes. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was about birthing babies. <laughs> this one's about being gay. <laughs> this is in the normal things that people find uh, weirdly uh, tricky and that you want to get into other people's business about cinematic universe. Uh, so Rajkumar Rao uh, plays uh, Shardar Thakur, who is a policeman. And Bumi Pednekar plays Sumi Singh, a physical education teacher. And they're both gay. <laughs> Uh, Sumi is a lot more in the open about it. I mean, she is literally a gym teacher. A female gym teacher is about one of the gayer jobs you could possibly have. (laughs) Okay, sure. Her family doesn't know. Yeah, her family is not interested in it, but... She gets a girlfriend. She gets a girlfriend over the course of the movie. That's Rim Jim. Yeah, played Uh, by Chum Durang, who is incredibly gorgeous. Uh, I think the reason why Rajkumar Rao is more afraid of it is that it's literally his job to, like, roust gay people in the park. He's a cop. And he is concerned with being super macho. He's really, really, like, fit. Yeah. And he really is kind of in denial about everything. Well, except the scheme is his idea. Yeah. So what he figures out, though, is that... Because he has a boyfriend. He's got a boyfriend. um, But, 
you find out a bit later on that their relationship is maybe not as amazing as it sounds. Mm -hmm. It's quite nuanced to look at everyone's relationship, actually, and everyone's relationship with their parents. Mm -hmm. um, but what he comes up with is that him and Sumi should move in together, get married, actually. Yeah. And then they can... Then their parents will leave them alone. Yeah, their parents will leave them alone, and then they can have their respective partners over whenever. Yeah. And uh, everything will be hunky-dory. What he doesn't realize, I think, is something that I actually have heard is common with lesbians. Is that they will immediately move in with each other, <laughs> right? You've um, heard, have yeah, you heard of that? I mean, yes. I think the thing that he doesn't realize is that as soon as they get married, they're going to start to be pressured to have a kid. That too. Yeah. But like um, Rim Jim, so <laughs> Boomy Pendekar's new girlfriend, uh, who hilariously works at the uh, like stool sample clinic. And there's some good jokes they about... take other kinds of samples. But yeah. yeah. But there's some good jokes about, like, dropping off samples. That's pretty yeah. funny. But uh, she moves in, like, right away. And then this becomes sort of annoying for uh, Rajkumar Rao. Because he kind of was hoping that, like, the boyfriend and girlfriend wouldn't be dropping by all the time or moving in. So it becomes Well, because it's of... hard to keep up the ruse yeah. with every with all the no nosy aunties in the neighborhood. I think they say that uh, uh, Chum Darang is Bumi Pednikar's cousin who's like just that. living there. And then, yeah, he also is living in a police colony, so mm -hmm. it's even more sort of stressful for mm -hmm. him. So for that part of the movie, it's kind of like a comedy of errors yeah. and trying to dodge everyone's mother and stuff. I really liked this film. Yeah. I, I mean, it's certainly a movie with a message about LGBTQ2S plus tolerance. Mm -hmm. um, we're recording this in Pride Month. But it's more of like just a comedy, basically, that yeah. becomes sort of messagey later on. It's yeah. it, it has a narrative arc that's very satisfying. I also think there's a lot in the film about accepting not just others and, and your family, but also accepting yourself. Eventually, Rajkumar Rao meets Gulshan Dubai, who was great to see. We just saw him in Shaitan. Yeah. Um, he's, he's very, very... He's a handsome, rich he's guy. He's very handsome, love interest. Yeah. Um, Who's also very open about his sexuality. Yeah. I, I got really emotional watching this movie. It really kind of... It won me over. I, I didn't think it was as tight or as funny as Bad Hi Ho. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, kind of... When we got to the to the to, to kind of the third act, um, I I really felt myself like being taken with the whole thing. I re I think it's quite lovely. Rajkumar Rao reaches Jim Cummings esque cop freaking out levels mm -hmm. in this. I think he does a great job of it. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the ending that's a reference to Jim Cummings, the um, director and actor writer yeah. of things like Thunder Road and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yeah. A uh, really good independent uh, American filmmaker. Um, but he often plays authority figures who are just kind of in a situation where they actually can't do anything right. And they're just kind of spinning their wheels. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rajkumar Rao is also really good at that. Yeah. Um, and I also found that the ending, do you know what it reminded me of? What? Beau Travai. Oh, yeah. If you've seen Beau Travai, you might get what I'm getting yeah. at. But like someone who is... I would say kind of forced into a traditional gender role, exploring outside of that a bit. Mm -hmm. Someone who's a, in a position of authority. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was really nice. Mm -hmm. It's also a lovely film about kind of like unconventional families in the end. Yeah. yeah. That brings us to Gangu by Katia Wadi. This is the latest film from Bollywood auteur Sanjay Leela Bansali. And I'm saying it right now, Matt. 
it's the year of Alia Bhatt. Yeah, she's doing pretty well for herself. Yeah, she, she's got Gangubai, she's got Triple R, she has Brahmastra coming out. She's, she's sort of in Triple R. She's in it for about 10 minutes, but yes. She still, is in, the, still the biggest indie movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just shot her first Hollywood film. She, her and Rambir Kapoor have gotten married, and now they're having a baby. It's mm-hmm. the year of Alia Bhatt. As Abad. of yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's the year of Alia Bhatt. She is truly crushing it. She it is. was it was um, Vicky Koshal's year last year, and now I think uh, Ali is picking up the slack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a biopic based on the life of Gangubai Kothawali from the book Mafia Queens of Mumbai. I know there's a bit of a controversy around how the family feels about the film, that she in real life was never a prostitute. Uh, we're just going to talk about the film. She was just the madam? Pretend, I, I, huh. I have not read up too much about this, but I do know that there, that there's some stuff. Hmm. Um, so Ali Abbott plays a, a young woman who's kind of duped into joining a brothel. She's from a village and she gets trucked into Mumbai. Yeah. And she eventually climbs the ranks to become the madam. Uh, and... and and that's what the film is about. Um, Vijay Raz plays a rival madam who kind of um, is... She's in charge of the area. She Well, there are elections to decide who is in charge of the area. And so she's kind of uh, Ali Abad's main rival. Vijay yeah. Raz is, is playing... Um, like Razi Abad. Razi Abad, like a, a transgender character. Very satisfying to have like... It's like the nightmare in London, I guess. Like... Who's the mayor of uh, the prostitute sector? Yeah, the red yeah. light district. Uh, Ajay Devgan plays like a local don who helps out Ali Abbott. And Jim Sarp kind of shows up at the end as a journalist who writes an impassioned plea for... Um, well, he writes about Gangubai and her impassioned plea for the right to for girls in the brothel to have... And boys, but... To go to school. To go to school, for yeah. girls to have an education. Um, and that's there, in about the 60s or so. Yes. There's also a love interest played by Shantanu Maheshwari. Uh, this is like, I mean, this is full on Sanjay Leela Bansali. Yep. It's full of incredible music, rich, vivid colors, opulent set design, amazing costumes, big melodramatic emotions. This is everything. I want in a Bollywood movie. I know some people believe that Sanjay Leela Bansali is all style and no substance. Oh, I think the style I is correct. very much in service of the substance here. He's someone who would never make it as a playwright. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could be a painter, but he, I think like he could make comics, but his, he's so good at... He's a visual storyteller. Yeah, he's a visual storyteller. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. They're going to say like, oh, he just tells... Same sorts of stories over again. Oh, he's got such a visual style. That's how you can tell it's him. Like, what more do you want in a movie? Like, it's maybe it's not going to be the most amazing story you've ever heard. It's not going to be a yarn that you want to tell your grandkids or something. But it's it's in service of a movie. Yeah. And I always get that with Wes Anderson too. People are like saying, "Oh, Wes Anderson's up to his old tricks again." Like, he's the only one doing those tricks. Uh, it's, also, not, it's not like you're like, falling over with people who make Sanjay Leela Bansali movies. He's one of the only ones who does. Yeah, also I don't see an issue with a director or a creator developing 
an aesthetic and a style and a mode. Um, th- that is what he does. This is that's his, what you want them to. That's do. what you want them to do. This is his signature. This is his artwork. You know, like no one criticizes. Hitchcock for making, you know, a bunch of, bunch of crime movies about steely blondes yeah. with, you know, like high contrast lighting or anything. like <laughs> Or long one-takers in Scorsese movies. It's kind of why you yeah. go there. It's, it's a director's signature. And when your signature is, oh, he makes over-the-top, opulent, beautiful movies that are always good, that's not the worst signature to have. No, and I, I do... I do think that this film has a lot of substance to it. This is one of the best performances Ali Abad has ever given. Um, I think the way that the film follows the trajectory of the loss of innocence and defiance to kind of acceptance and and then rising above that to a point of power, I think that's a really... That is an interesting... That's an interesting arc to follow. She's probably the most morally ambiguous main character in a Bonsali movie. We haven't seen Kamoshi, but like mm. she's introduced coming into another uh, house and like essentially beating up a new girl and like torturing her to become a prostitute and telling her her story. Well, well. they bring but, her in because she won't bend, and then yeah, she, she she's her. the one you break in new girls with, and yeah. like. That's not actually an attractive uh, sort of job that you want your heroine of a film to have. Like, no. she's she's sort of a, an enforcer and not like a heroic person. Yeah. She kind of rises above this over the course of the film. Yeah. I mean, I could see a criticism that this movie makes the red light district look really glamorous. Many, many movies but, have done this. Yeah, that just, it doesn't, that that doesn't seem like enough to me. Yeah, and it also is paired with how much the local church hates the mm-hmm. red light district, and Jim Sarb writes about that. I mean, this film, I think, has a lot of things to say about women's experiences, about women's rights. I really liked it. I think it's it's solid. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, good stuff. He okay. only makes bangers. And I don't agree with anyone who say that he's over the hill. That he only makes the same sort of movie. Like, so many movies are bland and boring looking. And then you get someone who gives you a sumptuous sort of world to look at. He only makes a movie every three or four years or so. So again, you're not drowning in these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And no one else can do it as well. Mm-hmm. So, Baz Luhrmann tries, but he's not very good at it. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Go watch it. You probably have if you're listening to us. Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, then next up, we have a movie that is nowhere near as good. <laughs> uh, this is Bachan Pandey. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, um, apparently, I think it came out in theaters. It did, we didn't go see it in theaters, but we watched it on Prime, I think. It's a remake of a Tamil movie called Jigartanda, which people seem to really like. And people are telling me now that I've watched this, like, oh, you should watch the original. And I'm sorry, but I don't think I will. <laughs> Um, this might be that sort of adaptation kind of um, disappointment mm-hmm. where, you know, someone adapts something that you like and then kind of screws it up. And then in some people's eyes, like myself, it kind of poisons the original. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But like, I don't know. I think the premise is just kind of weird. But anyway, uh, so this features 
Akshay Kumar as Bachchan Pandey, who is this legendary gangster. It's in Bagua, which is in uh, Bihar. Okay. Um, and it also features Kriti Sanan, who is Myra Devakar, who is a... I guess she's like a PA on a movie that's filming in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And uh, she screws a few things up, and the director gets mad at her, so she has to quit. But she's kind of friends with the producer and the, talks the producer into funding a trip to Bihar so she could make this movie. Yeah. Basically because this guy is incredibly scary and a documentary, I think, is what she's supposed to be there no, for. No, she's there researching yeah. um, a biopic. So she's there researching her script. And then over the course of the research... Yeah, it changes. <laughs> over the course of the research, um, it becomes less about researching a film about him and then about making a movie that he can star in. Her buddy there is Arshad Warsi, who, uh, he's local, he drives a motorcycle, like, he seems like he knows a bit about the gangsters, but he is also terrified of Pachan Pandey. And he's an actor, and he he wants a big role in her film. Yeah, she kind of sneakily gets him on board by saying that he'll get to play the main character, but then circumstances intervene. Yeah. And Jacqueline Fernandez is in the movie as someone I don't really want to spoil, because it is a spoiler, but she's someone from uh, Bachan Pandey's past who yeah. might indicate why he's such a mean guy and why he's missing an eyeball and all this stuff. Um, so Kriti Sanan goes to Bihar, um, trying to do research on this, and I actually thought the first half of this movie is kind of fun, because they're like wiretapping the gangsters and learning about them, uh, ostensibly for making the movie, but the gangsters also think that they're being watched by a rival gang mm-hmm. and are, as such are kind of on edge about that and killing people because they think that they're in the middle of a gang war when in fact they're being spied on by a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So actually, the first one's not that bad. It was okay. Um, there's a lot of humor derived from how violent and sadistic, really, all these guys are. Uh, Bachan Pandey, I think, has killed 48 people, I believe, by the middle of the movie. Um, the body count goes up a little bit afterwards. But there's sort of a unlikely heel turn here where he becomes sort of a lovable hero type. Yeah. But, like, the movie that she's making is not the movie he wants. And also he demands to be the main character of the movie. So she has to kind of teach all these gangsters how to act. She brings in no. Pankaj Tripathi. Yes, Pankaj Tripathi teaches yeah. all these gangsters how to act. Who is a very funny character in that he doesn't actually understand how dangerous the situation <laughs> he's in is. Yes. Um, so he's like telling all these hardcore gangsters what to do and how to be scarier when in fact it's their job already. So I like that part. But Pankaj Tripathi might have been my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. But the movie she ends up making is not what he was expecting. No. And I think that the ending kind of doesn't make any sense. This, uh, this movie is kind of all over the place. I think Akshay Kumar is giving a truly obnoxious performance at the center of it. Um, as far as kind of like meta takes on like filming a movie, I much prefer T with with Akshay Kumar. I much prefer T Smart Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I always adore Kriti Sanon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this this just didn't work for me. I don't know if you said the name of the director. It's um, Farhad Samji. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a big miss. Big miss. It ended up being kind of mediocre. I think they could have had a lot more fun with the premise, and maybe the original version does. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it kind of tries to square that circle of 
this guy's a mass murderer, but also kind of lovable. Yeah, I just I don't know if they ever I don't know if they ever found a way to make him redeemable for me. But Pankash Tripathi's acting lessons amazing. Yeah, and they play pranks on him, and that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, finally, before last film before our break, we have Jalsa. Uh, we did an entire episode where we discussed Jalsa in, in the new genre. You thought in depth. Um, so we'll just kind of quickly touch on on Jalsa. It's directed by Suresh Triveni, and it stars Vidya Balan and Shafali Shah. Vidya Balan plays a kind of famous and celebrated TV journalist who one night uh, after she's been at work late, she hits Shafali Shah's daughter with her car and leaves her on the side of the road. She does not know it's Shafali Shah's daughter. Shafali Shah plays uh, Video Balan's cook. She also kind of helps take care of Video Balan's son, who has, I believe it's cerebral palsy. Yeah. Uh, and Vidya Balan decides not to fess up that she left her daughter to die on the side of the road. The daughter does not die. She ends up in a coma. It would be bad publicity Um, for her show. Bad publicity. Ruin her relationship with her cook. Uh, (laughs) You don't want that. Instead, she decides to cover it up and help pay for Shafali Shah's daughter's medical expenses. Out of the goodness of her own heart. Goodness of her own heart. But there is a young upstart reporter at the kind of um, news agency that they, that they work at. And she thinks that the cops aren't, aren't fully doing the best job they could on this uh, hit and run case and decides that she's going to investigate it further, which is obviously makes things complicated for Vidya Balan. Who's like a real truth teller type and Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll run any case into the ground and figure it out. Yeah. Um I really like a lot of what this film is doing, but I think it kind of ends just as it's getting really good. Yeah. And if I remember it's right a deeply unsatisfying ending. Well I think there was a satisfying ending, like a super bummer ending, and then they tacked on another ending, which is less of a bummer, but then also you're wondering, okay, well, maybe we should keep going here. Mm-hmm. It might have worked better as a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I seem to remember the storytelling was a little bit unsatisfying in that it kind of like lies to you. Yeah. And there's some big sort of plot holes that it's hard to tell that they're actually plot holes just because of the construction of the movie. Mm-hmm. But then later on, they get filled in and you're like, well, I guess you could have told me this earlier and it probably would have had the same effect. Yeah. I yeah, did like the I, sort of gangster guy who sells uh, barrels. He had yeah. a very funny sort of hand thing that he does. It's a great showcase for Video Balan and Shafali Shah. Especially Shafali Shah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's there's a lot to appreciate in the, those two women um, kind of, you know, being being playing off of one another. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's, it's really strong in that respect. Um, it's got a great mood. I just, I wanted more from it. Yeah. I just... I There's some class think, politics there and yeah. some police corruption and I think elite deviation, but... Uh, the film doesn't have enough teeth. I think it just kind of needs to go a bit further in some respects. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, that brings us to our interval, Matt. What are you listening to? We are listening to Ami J. J- Tomar from Bulbulaya 2. Sasso 
On episode 125 of the Well Endowed podcast, they scratch the surface of Edmonton's history with racism, a huge topic that impacts many communities, each in unique ways. Our correspondent Emily Rendell Watson explores this topic with Dr. Bukola Salami, Dr. Yvonne Chu, and Neneka Otogbalu. The history of racism in Edmonton is the fo- focus of our latest vital topic. It isn't possible to tell the whole story of this history in just an episode or a single vital science report, but we want to bring attention to a few aspects of this history with the understanding that there is still more for us to learn. With help from our Vital Science Advisory Committee, community members and stakeholders, we are continuing to reflect and find new ways to approach our annual Vital Sign Report. For more information about the Well Endowed Podcast and the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. This episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. Offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local non-for-profits that are working to make a difference in their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski. And we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.com. So that was Amy J. Tomar from Bool Bulaya 2, which we will get to. But before it's, almost, you, it's second last because bef- it's the newest one. Before then, we have some other movies to discuss. Yeah. Matt? Okay, so next up we have kind of a dark horse, uh, I would call it. Mr. It's called Sharmaji Namkeen, mm-hmm. which is translated as Mr. Sharma's Savory Snacks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, aside, there's... There's a big reason why we decided to watch this film, but the second reason is I love the translated title of Mr. Sharma's Savory Snacks. Yeah, and it's <laughs> how, also... How do you not want to watch that movie? Yeah, like this is one that we're watching because of sort of unfortunate circumstances, mm-hmm. but I think I probably would have liked it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a genuinely, like, pretty heartwarming and affecting film, Yeah, even though... Uh, it is the last appearance of Rishi Kapoor. Yeah. And um, I don't know if this is true on the Wikipedia, that it says it marks the first instance in cinematic history <laughs> of two actors playing the same character without sharing screen space. They share um, screen space. They do, because uh, one of version of him watches the other one on TV. Yeah. Uh, sort of the gimmick of this movie, and it's not really a gimmick, it's more of a sad situation that... Um, that Ranbir Kapoor explains at the beginning of the movie is yeah. that uh, Rishi Kapoor died over the course of the film and they'd investigated a few options which kind of funny to me included like getting I think uh, some of those are <laughs> prostheses so that uh, uh, Ranbir could play his dad or doing CGI yeah. but what they settled on was getting um, Parash Rawal to come in and play the same character so he really shows up more in the second half like it is kind of... I think the first scene is him, actually. Yeah, it is kind of weird at first because yeah. they essentially use clothes and demeanor and, you know, acting. But, like, it's two people playing the same character. And, 
Parish Rawal, he's in it throughout, and it kind of alternates between them just based on what scenes of Rishi Kapoor they had. Mm-hmm. But Parish Rawal is kind of, by the end of the movie, he's kind of the main yeah. version, which is presumably they hadn't shot that part yet. So. But from scene to scene, you don't know who is going to be playing the main character. Yeah. And there are also instances where, like, Rishi Kapoor is puttering around his apartment, and then he goes to the balcony, and it goes to a shot outside the apartment and it's Parash Rawal mm-hmm. and then he goes back inside and then it goes back to Rishi Kapoor and yeah. so like like you really don't know who it's going to be and I would also say that Rishi Kapoor and Parash Rawal are kind of giving different very different performances yeah. very different takes on this character but it but it works and yeah. I <laughs> hilariously enough like it actually kind of comes together yeah it's it's as you're watching the film, you are always aware that its lead star passed away while making it. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't not be aware of that because of how how they had to bring in another actor to play his role. And instead of just bringing in another actor to play his role and not using Rishi Kapoor's content, they they use Rishi Kapoor's performance. Mm-hmm. I I think this is the best solution. I think. This it's weird, but it works. It's weird, but it works. Um, I would rather this than than not seeing this performance. I would rather this than not having this film. Not having an ending for the movie. Yeah, and it does I just think... feel like he was mostly in the apartment. Yeah, that's a lot of his scenes. Like basically, all of the, the apartment scenes are Rishi. Yeah, and I think you know for for his fans who you know have been watching him on screen for maybe their entire lives. 50 years. You know, this this is a fitting way to preserve his final role. It's also like a very nice movie to go out on. Yeah. Uh, so it's directed by Hitesh Bhatia. And Farhan Akhtar and Abhishek Chobi are producers on it mm-hmm. too. So kind of under the Excel banner. Yeah. Uh, so Rishi Kapoor and Parash Rawal play Bridge Gopal Sharma, a.k.a. Sharmaji. Who is a guy, I think he's, what, 63? He's kind of forced out of his job at a, um, like, housing goods manufacturer. Like, they, if I remember right, they... Small kitchen appliances. Yeah, they cornered the market on juicers. He's very proud of this. He was, like, a salesman for 30 years. He's only worked at this place. And he's retired now, and he's bored. Um, Suhail Naya plays uh, Sandeep Rinku Sharma, so his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Taruk Raina plays Vinci, his younger son. Mm-hmm. And his older son is trying to get married to his girlfriend, played by Isha Talwar. And the younger son is kind of embarking on a dance career. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have a lot of time for their dad. Yeah. Uh, so he's stuck at home all day long and he, he putters around and he watches soaps and he does cook for them, and he does enjoy yeah. cooking, and he floats the idea of, like, maybe I could start a restaurant. And his, He lost his wife years ago. Yeah. And his sons shoot it down. They don't want to invest the money, and they're, you know, dismissive of his, of his culinary abilities. But his buddy, K.K. Chada, played by Satish Kaushik, um, sort of, like, halfway convinces uh, Sharmaji to just become, like, a home cook for what's called a kitty party. Yeah. Which looks pretty fun. Which is a bunch of... Older women, 50s-ish, uh, who hang out and play bingo and just, you know, drink and eat food and just kind of have a nice time. They're all fairly well-off people and they're connected. 
And one of them is Juhi Chawla, playing Avina, who is sort of into what Sharmaji's up to. <laughs> She's a little interested. Uh, he's very... He does not tell them a lot about his life. No. But he's really good at cooking, and he will basically cook anything they want. So if they want Chinese food, he'll learn how to make Chinese food. And it kind of comes to a head where the younger... No, the older son gets caught up in a real estate scheme, and everyone kind of has to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty charming. The food looks really good. The food looks great. A movie like this really needs to nail like the food, and the cooking scenes here are wonderful like mm-hmm. that oh that food looks so good it's like a miyazaki movie <laughs> the yeah. food always looks so good yeah again this is just like it's a really lovely film i think like it's it's poignant and and sad when you're watching it mm-hmm. um but i'm so glad they finished it i you know it has a lot to it has a lot to say about things that i generally really really appreciate in films like finding a passion for something later in life finding kind of your purpose and meaning in life when you know you've you've kind of been been forced to um to to kind of give up what you were doing um it has you know stuff to say about family and father-son relationships about kind of connecting later in life older Uh, women you know, hanging out. Yeah, I just, you know, I really love movies that tell me that... It's a super R. Yeah, we call, we call like, geriatric cinema super R around here. Because, like, like the R rating is restricted. To 18-year-olds. To 18 and up. But a super R is, like, 50 and up? Yeah. 50 and up or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I love movies like this because I think it's, I think it's really important to, to tell stories about... Um, later on in life, and and I and I and I champion those, mm-hmm. and you know I I also think they're somewhat aspirational because we are all growing older. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, I just like this. This is a very charming movie, and I think a, a fitting end um, to Rishi Kapoor's career. I I can't see anyone being upset or disappointed with this movie. Yeah, it's I other mean, than it's... half of it is. Parashwaral. And I think Parashwaral does a great job. He does do a great job. And I think it's actually think he, smart. You, you of... said that he has better chemistry with Juhi Chawa than Rishi Kapoor do. does. Which probably has to do with the fact that he's in the climax of the movie. And like Rishi Kapoor's stuff is mostly with his sons. I also think it's really smart that Parash Rawal doesn't try and do the same performance. He's not doing an accent, no. Yeah, that he doesn't try and mimic Rishi Kapoor. I think... I think while you are getting like two different takes on the same character and that's a little strange at times, I think it's good that he is like, okay, well, I'm like doing his own performance and not trying to imitate Rishi Kapoor. I think that might have cheapened the film. Yeah, and that's exactly what uh, Rambir Kapoor would have done if they put him in old age makeup, right? Like, there's no way I'm sure that was never what they were going to actually do. They said it. (laughs) <laughs> they said at the beginning of the movie, but yeah, he Paresh, was joking. I think Paresh Rawal's character is actually sort of. I think Rishi Kapoor's character is a bit more version of the character is a bit more um, acerbic, mm. and Paresh Rawal, he's kind of got more of a quiet dignity to him. I think he's but a bit like, thornier too. Well, yeah, like they're it like the takes are like two or three degrees off from each other, so it's not uh, wildly divergent from scene to scene. And you're not going to be guessing who's playing the next one. Yeah. Eventually, you, you kind of just get used to it. And it works. Yeah. All right. This brings us to Hero Panty 2. 
This movie sucked. <laughs> this is directed by Ahmed Khan. That be, okay, I do like that the title means heroic antics. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and it stars Tiger Shroff, um, who is playing, I believe, a character with the same name that he had in Hero Panty, but... Yeah, Bablu. But I don't think it's supposed to be the same character, no. which is what you get at the Boggy films as well. Like the the characters have the same name, but they're not Ronnie, the same I think? character. He's same as Ronnie. I I could be very wrong on this, but I do think that he plays the immortal character Ronnie in <laughs> all the Boggy movies, of which I saw two of them, and uniquely terrible film series. Yes, yes. Um, I tried to watch the original Hero Panty. But I fell asleep. It was really boring. <laughs> I was there. I, I, was, I think I was playing a board game with our friend Mackenzie. Yeah. And you were just hanging out on the couch. And you tried, but you I, couldn't do it. I tried. Um, Nwazidin Siddiqui plays Layla. Who Best is part of the movie. A rather um, flamboyant magician uh, turned like tech scammer. Master hacker, although he hires people to do his hacking. He's also kind of queer-coded, too. Yeah. That's interesting. And is wearing a lot of feathers glued all over his blazers. I think some of his clothes actually look cool. <laughs> if you took all the stuff, like all the buttons and things off of him, it's yeah. actually a pretty cool look. Uh, He's basically playing the same character he did in uh, Kick. Yeah. Uh, Tara Sitaria is Tiger Shroff's love interest. The less said about her, the better. Uh, she is a, I believe, the first self-made billionaire. Yeah. Or, uh, the Under first, some age. Yeah. In yeah. England, where a lot of this movie takes place. Yeah. Um, she also has ridiculous outfits. The costuming in this movie is, is ridiculous. I'm looking at the uh, cast list here, <laughs> and I don't find uh, the very important character, Dr. Uh, Julia Bulgaria. Dr. Julia Bulgaria, who is a... Hot lady who has a veterinary practice, I think, and is inexplicably, over her doctor clothes, wearing a prom queen sash. Yes. And I was so curious about this character. I think I've been thinking about her nonstop. <laughs> Couldn't tell you half of the stuff that happens in this movie, but I'm very curious about a spinoff involving Dr. Julia Bulgaria. I'm not... Second a- only to <laughs> Tiddly Boobna in the pantheon of great hot lady names. I... Don't know if I could describe the plot of this for you, but I... I can, I can do it. No, I can I got it. Fine, fine. Take my turn then. Okay. So, Tiger Shroff <laughs> plays a guy named RJ who lives in Yorkshire and is a huge loser. Yeah, and Amrita Singh is his mom. Yeah. Uh, he lives at home with his mom. Not typical loser behavior, but he's a bouncer and he's very bad at it. Uh, but actually... He's a super cool secret agent hacker who used to be hired by the Indian government. Note, he doesn't work for them. They hired him. That's what makes it cool. Um, And he's called back into action when his old handler does something. And then a new guy is out to come get him. And they hire a bunch of goons to come kill him. Meanwhile, Nawazuddin Siddiqui has this plan to steal every Indian person's money on the day that they have to do their taxes, which I believe is March 31st. Mm. Uh, And he's very flamboyant because he's also a stage magician. Yes. (laughs) Of which we do see in the first scene, and then hilariously, he's often like stealing guns from people and turning them into roses. And Tara And killing off his 
um, goons. And Tara Sataria happens to be his sister. That's not like, that's that's revealed pretty early on. It's sort of important, but also sort of not. Um, it's the, really not important at all, actually. Really, the only important part of this movie... Is that in one scene, Tiger Shroff fights nine fights cars. fights nine cars. <laughs> like, figures out a way to fight nine cars in a parking garage. Then he gets shot in the ass, and that's why they have to go meet Dr. Julia Bulgaria. Yeah. And then... Uh, Tara Sataria passes out because she sees blood, and when she wakes up, she asks where Tiger Shroff is, and Dr. Julia Bulgaria says... He might be down the road at the zombie party. Yeah, he just left. He might be at the zombie party. And then we go to the zombie party, and I don't know. Like, I think this might supposed to be a take on Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. <laughs> I think you're reading way too much into this. I think but that like, there's probably some sort of zombie party reenactment thing in England, and they thought, oh, we're filming around here. Do you want to be in our movie? Maybe. Let's think of a reason why Ronnie... Well, no. Why Bob Lou would go there. Oh, he just went there. <laughs> it's fine. Also, there are zombie bagpipers in this yeah. song. Uh, I will say that... The... I do appreciate that you don't just hear bagpipes. Yeah. You, you see bagpipe players. It's too bad they only know that one song, but... Uh, so you're thinking yeah. Army of the Dead because Tiger Shroff appears to be like the king of these zombies? Yeah. But I don't think that him and Tura Sataria are... Dressed yeah, as zombies. They don't appear to have zombies. They're not makeup. wearing any zombie makeup. Yeah. So they're just like humans who are just friends yeah. with the zombies. Uh, I will say that the last 10 minutes of this movie are kind of interesting. Yeah, there's like human chess. There's always love to see human chess in a movie. <laughs> uh, the Basically, Bablu infiltrates uh, Layla's lair. Layla is Noisy and Siddiqui's character. And he has to go through a series of challenges, including holographic ninjas in a hallway, human chess. Um, and then uh, hiding behind curtains, and the timer is that if he doesn't finish it in time, all the Indians' money is going to get stolen. Yeah. And I thought that this actually had some like crazy visual flair that didn't make any sense, but was also sort of interesting to look at. And it reminded me of the movie Pistol Opera by Seijin Suzuki, which is also about a bunch of weird characters killing each other in a weird game. But also, that's by a master of Japanese cinema and not whoever did this. This film is deeply stupid. Ahmed Khan did this. Yeah. He is no Seijin Suzuki. This film is deeply, deeply stupid, but... Among one of the if, stupider we've ever seen. Uh, the poster think, is actually a lie because I don't remember Bablu actually shooting anybody and <laughs> Tara Sataria definitely didn't shoot anybody. Yeah. She mostly just does the falling down or running away. Um, I did appreciate... A scene where they're fighting at a train station and Noisy and Siddiqui throws like six grenades at Bablu. And this knocks him over briefly, but it basically just tears his shirt. <laughs> There's a lot of grenades. There's a lot of shirt tearing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Tara Sataria brings anything to this film. No. Other than at one point in a dance sequence, she has like some cool glasses on. There is sort of like a cyberpunk dance sequence that sort of reminded me of the one in Robot. Yeah. When they go inside the robot's Nowhere brain. Nowhere near as fun. Nowhere near as fun, but, you know, they were actually trying something there. The rest of the movie, apart from the car fighting and some other stuff, like, some of the action is interesting. I hesitate to say good, but it is interesting. But there is a interminable uh, flashback sequence when you find out how Babalu knows Nwazine Siddiqui. This goes on for like an hour, and you could have explained it in three seconds. Yeah, 
It's a deeply stupid movie, but if it was shorter, I would like it better. Like I'm, I'm fine with stupid. Yeah. But this was stupid and long. If you're drunk and only paying attention to the interesting stuff, then I'm sure it'd be fun. It would be okay if you could fast forward through, if you knew what parts to fast forward through and you were like just hanging out with your friends looking at ridiculous things happening. Okay, next we have Thar, which uh, premiered on Netflix in May. Directed by Raj Singh Chowdhury, stars Anil Kapoor and Harshvardhan Kapoor and Fatima Sana Sheikh. Uh, we just talked about this, uh, so quickly we'll say that it's kind of like a uh, dark western. Anil Kapoor plays a police officer in the Thar Desert, uh, who is essentially like nearing retirement and you know get, getting too old for this shit. He really hasn't had a big case, though. No, hasn't had a big case. Um, Harshvardhan Kapoor plays an antiques dealer who comes to town, or so he says that he's an antiques dealer. But actually, he has a um, a darker motive. Men in the town start showing up murdered, and it's eventually revealed that Harshvardhan Kapoor, you know, is involved in this in some way. Uh, we had a very long discussion about this film, which included kind of a spoiler zone section. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'll say here is that it. It looks really good. It's really pretty to look at. The desert is gorgeous. It has a really yeah, interesting shooting location. But I just, I found this film way too nihilistic for my taste. I just, and I don't mind a bit of nihilism, I, but I just felt like it was nihilism for nihilism's sake, personally. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I'm looking up the director. Uh, it says that he wrote the short story on which No Smoking is based. But that was Stephen King. <laughs> So maybe he helped Danny Rand cash up with the script on that. And he also appears to have been in Black Friday, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of friends with Danny Rand cash Well, and Danny Rand cash did some of the dialogue here. Yeah. Um, but I would say that... I guess I'd be curious to see another movie from this director. Well, I would too. I, I can't say the directing... I like, like I thought it looked cool and... There was some interesting stuff, really, but I think the story was just kind of mediocre. I'm also really interested to see what Harshford on Kapoor is going to do from here, because like... He needs something. I I really like Babesh Joshi. I I like him in AK versus AK. Like, I, I'm still holding out. I'm he apparently out does not have any movies booked, according to his wiki. So, they usually have a lot in there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I haven't seen... Um, the Netflix series Ray, he's in that. Mm-hmm. But I've seen all of his other movies. He was an assistant director on Bombay Velvet. Interesting. Um, and he's batting 500. You know, he's actually in two really good movies. Yeah. And then two absolutely miserable movies. <laughs> so uh, I feel like he kind of needs. I just think he has interesting taste. He has interesting taste. Weird. I think he needs a better agent. And I think maybe. He needs, like, a director to come in and use him to his strengths. For what it's worth, like, I can see why him and it... Like, I can see why Anil Kapoor and Harsh Burnett Kapoor would do a film like Thar. It's... Yeah. It's different, and I think... I think it's the script that left... Well, yeah. Anil Kapoor's part's actually pretty good. Like, I have no real complaints with it. I, I would think watch that, another movie about this detective yeah. that Anil Kapoor I think that Harsh's character is just underwritten, and the story itself is told in such a way that... It is a detriment to that character. Yeah. And there's a way you could have recut this and like added some more scenes and it would have made sense. 
And I, I don't want to get into it too much, like kind of what's going on in this film because that'd be huge spoilers. But I can see how, like, I can see how it might have worked, or I can see how those themes would be interesting. I just, I don't think they come together. All right, what do we have next, Matt? We're in the home stretch here. Okay, next. Oh, this is a very strange film. <laughs> okay, next we have Jayesh by Jordar, uh, which is directed by Divyan Takar, and features Ranveer Singh as the titular Jayesh by Jordar, uh, Bowman Arani as Jayesh's father, Ratnapathak Shah as Jayesh's mother, and Shalini Pandey as Jayesh's wife. And importantly, Jia Vadia as Siddhi Patel, who is Ranveer Singh's daughter in the movie. She's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so this, I think, my problem with this movie is it's trying to make funny something that's absolutely depressing and not funny. Yeah. And it, it just... Uh, it may sound a little ableist, but it's kind of a schizophrenic movie. It's, at the one hand, trying to be sort of like these issue comedies that Nash Kumar Rao does, or Ayushma Karana especially is known for. Um, and it has sort of a interesting color palette, and like really over-the-top clothes that uh, Ranveer Singh's character wears especially, which makes sense for him. He loves that sort of stuff in real life. But... Um, it's also, you could recut this and take out some laugh lines and do some other stuff and it would be a straight up horror movie, uh, on the scale of NH10. Yeah. Uh, so Bowman Arani is the, uh, Gujarati Sarpanch. So he's like the head man of this village and he makes lots of proclamations and it's basically to just keep the women in line most mm-hmm. of the time. So... Uh, one guy is complaining that his daughter was being harassed by another guy's son. And um, he understands the problem exactly. But what he comes up with is that women shouldn't use soap anymore because they smell too good and, uh, you know, aggravate the men so they want to chase them. Mm-hmm. So it is that sort of patriarchal stuff you do see all the time. So it's not like out of the ordinary. It totally happens. Um, and uh, all the women in town are kind of beaten down and they, they don't like it there. Um, and Ranveer Singh plays his son, kind of expected to be the next uh, guy in charge. Uh, but unfortunately, he's never produced a male heir. Uh, his daughter, uh, I think she even says that it's okay if you're the firstborn, but after that, there better be a male. Yeah. And uh, his wife has had like six abortions. Yeah, so the film is very much about um, and against the practice of sex-selective abortions. Which... Which are, like, it is illegal in India um, to find out the sex of your child. Step one. And then also illegal to have an abortion, too. Well, not illegal, but, like, having it on the basis of not wanting a girl. Yeah. And I wasn't aware that it was illegal to find out the the sex of your child. Oh, really? That's why, like... um, I know that's why stars kind of leave town to figure that out. Yeah, like, I remember there being some, like, tabloid stuff of, like, Karina Kapoor was seen leaving the office of a doctor in yeah. England. Did she find out the sex of her baby? Like, And now that I know the reasoning behind it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but and, and, and we should say, like, this is a, a horrible practice that is... Obviously. ...real in some parts of the world. Um, it probably happens here in Canada, too. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the reason why... In China, for instance, that there's so many men and so few women, is that the same practice was happening, and now there's like well, and that and the like a gender deficit, the one child policy, yeah. So there's like a gender deficit of like way too many guys for uh, girls, yeah. And it 
is actually sort of harmful to your society when you don't have enough people to go around. Yeah, and so I, I think this film, its heart is in the right place. It wants to talk about um, this horrible practice that happens. It wants to talk about equal rights for men and women. It wants to talk about feminism. But unfortunately, it's just kind of all over the place. It's all over the place tonally. Mm -hmm. The plot is kind of all over the place. It has some interesting... It has some interesting things going on. Uh, And I think Ranveer Singh is like, you know... He's He's game for it. He's game. (laughs) He's giving it his all. Everyone's giving it their all. But it's Bowman just... Bowman is terrifying. He does a great oh, job. Oh, yeah. Ranapathic Shah, I think, does a really good job of kind of um, a woman who has grown up in an environment where she is seen as second. Yeah, she's, she's accepted her lot in life. She's accepted that and she's internalized that. And I think her, her arc over the course of the film is one of the more interesting ones. Um, this movie has, like, a very interesting um, kind of... I, I guess I should say the that, plot though, because he wants to have his. Oh, sorry. His, I guess, his seventh daughter, right? Uh, well, his second child. His second child, but he like, doesn't want his second child to know, be aborted. Yeah, he knows that the last six ones he's had to abort because of his father. Yeah. So essentially, when looking up online, this is where is a safe place for girls to go? He finds out about this village. Um, so they're in Gujarat. And he finds out about a village in Haryana, which is the first time I've ever seen like <laughs> Haryana as the good place for women to go. Mm-hmm. Very weird. But it's a village without daughters that renames itself to, uh, oh, I forget the name of Daughter's it. Daughter's Village. It's basically like Daughterville, yeah. where it's a... Um, it's a bunch of bodybuilders. It's a town of bodybuilders and wrestlers who are sad that all the women, uh, basically they have no women who live there anymore and they want any woman at all they're going to be protected and safe there. Yeah. So they promise to be the best husbands. They will respect them. Yeah. And respect and, Women'sburg. Yeah, and they are against um like they've seen the light about the way that they've been treating women. They've seen the light about sex selective abortions and now they just want to build a paradise for women. However, they're just about like the town is currently just a bunch of male bodybuilders. Yeah, and like this is I think you said this like this is straight out of an anime. Yeah, it's, it is something that would be in like a comedy anime, like the bodybuilder town where there's no girls. I feel like they would be in like One Piece or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it, and it kind of and then it, I guess the movie sort of turns into Mad Max Fury Road in that <laughs> judged by Jordar is trying to take a pregnant woman away from a evil uh, male patriarch. Uh, who is chasing them across uh, like deserts, basically? Yeah. But and he's always trying to pretend that, like, yeah, his wife and daughter are driving, yeah, and then he's stuck with his dad, like, for trying to pretend, like, oh, uh, she knocked me out, or she was holding me ransom, or uh, she tricked me this way. And I think those games where, like, they're they're constantly trying to like pull one over on his parents and her parents are part of where, like. This film just loses itself in, like, gimmicks. The first ten minutes, um, I forget what his wife does, but Bowman Ronnie's like, you better go beat her now. And they go into, like, an established routine they have where they pretend to, yeah. where he pretends to enact, a, you know, spousal violence on his wife. And his daughter joins in, and they're kind of having a good time with this. Uh, and meanwhile, Bowman Ronnie's like, whoa, whoa. 
you're actually hitting her too much. You know, pump the brakes in there. And they're like having a good time. And it's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling right now. This is kind of funny, but also kind of horrifying if you think about it. And the whole movie is just kind of between those two extremes. Yeah, it's a very strange film. I can appreciate the message, but I don't know if this is the way to go about making... Oh, and then in the end, in the, we, we won't get into it for spoilers, but the message in like the very end of the film, nonsensical. Yeah. Like, no. It's, it is a really deeply bizarre movie. And... I can kind of see why Front of Your Sing did not do a lot of publicity for this. Because um, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think maybe he should leave these movies to the Ayushman Karana and Rajkumar Rao's of the world. But neither of them could have saved this either. No. Like, this whole premise is just fundamentally flawed. I don't know if you can make a comedy about something so awful. Okay. This brings us to, I think, the biggest surprise of the year. Bulbalia 2. Yeah. Now, I had wanted to do Bulbalia when we did our Hindi Horror Halloween episode where we were discussing horror comedies and we discussed Boot Police and Pizza. Pizza turned out to not be as funny as I thought it might be. Yeah. Still disappointed we couldn't talk about Bulbalia. I wish it was about a killer pizza. I, if the pizza <laughs> wasn't just the metaphor for what was going on and actually was a murder pizza, the movie would have been 14 times better. Yeah. Uh, this is, again, a spiritual sequel to Bulbalia. Uh, not necessarily... Like, not a narrative sequel. Um, so we haven't seen Bulbalia. People don't, really like that. Though. You don't need to see Bulbalia. It seems pretty well this. loved. And yeah. I believe that the the name of the ghost is the same in both. Yeah. I, again, I would still like to see it. Uh, so uh, Kartik Aryan, um, who usually I hate, and Kira Advani. It's directed by Anis Basmi as well. Thank you, yes. Directed by Anis Basmi. Kartik Aryan and Kira Advani kind of meet while they're on a bus touring the mountains. Kartik Aryan is kind of immediately taken with Kiara Advani and kind of convinces her to, you know, like spend some time with him because she's on her way back home because she's getting married. She calls home to kind of check in and the her sound cuts out and she overhears her sister tell her fiance um, that 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 she loves him. And yeah, wish we could get married. Uh, wish we could get married. And and Kira Advani realizes that like she's not into this guy, but this guy is actually the love of her sister's life. And she's only marrying this guy because of her family anyways. Yeah. There's kind of a misunderstanding and the family believes that Kira Advani has passed away. Well, the bus that they were supposed to be on crashes. Yes. But Kartik Aryan convinces her to go to... What I'm guessing is a four-hour-long music festival because <laughs> they get on the bus like four hours later. Who which knows? is a little weird, but it, it was an interesting dance scene. It was nice. So they have legitimate reasons to believe that she has passed away, but she hasn't actually. Mm-hmm. So Kiara Advani and Kartik Aryan do kind of return home, but instead of kind of to reveal to her family like, oh, I am alive, instead they go to this property that her family owns that is all boarded up because there is a ghost inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, The family discovers that like someone is in the house, so they go and investigate. And there they run into Kartik Aryan, who pretends to be a medium who can uh, commune with Kiara Advani. Because Kiara Advani does not want to reveal herself to her family and instead wants to, through Kartik Aryan, as this medium... 
convince the family to marry her sister off to her fiance so she can make her sister's dreams come true and then they can reveal that she's actually alive but by then her sister will be happily married so this is kind of the main um gimmick at the start even though this means that her marriage would be entirely based on a lie and her whole family would be pissed off <laughs> yes yeah yes but then some other stuff happens <laughs> so kartagorian and is and Kira Advani are skeptical that there is actually a ghost in the house like they convince the family that they actually have to stay in this home because Kira Advani has a lot of fun memories of it but Tabu Kira Advani's aunt she knows there is indeed a ghost in this house and we cannot let this ghost get out yeah. this ghost ruined her life years ago and this ghost threw her is, husband off of a balcony yes this ghost is dangerous uh, there's also a kind of like what's the name of that kind of character like a like a there's a pundit like a pundit there's there's yeah. a chote pundit, body pundit, and then body pundit's wife panditayin. Yeah. So it's three sort of hucksters who are in town who are and they're ostensibly, disappointed that a new hucksters come yeah, to town. They were ostensibly there to try and uh, deal with ghosts in town anyway, but Kachigarian. Uh, becomes Rubaba and he does like a yeah. uh, metal um, you know devil horde sign and dresses like a like a member of the boot police for <laughs> basically well and this is kind of this has a similar premise to boot police where you kind of have it's exactly the same as boot police. you have people pretending to be like mediums and who don't actually believe in the supernatural but actually they're like really is supernatural stuff going on yeah. here just like every supernatural thing, they, you know, <laughs> there's someone who doesn't believe in it, but it sure believes in you. This this movie was a, a big surprise. It was honestly a lot of fun. It's a great showcase for Tabu, who yeah. really, really shines in the second half of the film. Like just absolutely yeah. fantastic. Cool makeup. Uh, I'm really coming around to Kiara Advani. I think uh, I really loved her in Good News. Yeah, and I think. Like, again, like, it didn't help that the first time I ever saw her, it was Kabir Singh. Yeah. But as I've seen her in more roles, uh, I really like her. I think she's really fun. And I think she has uh, a lot of around, a lot of range. Yeah. And, and plays kind of, like, the girly girl really well. Yeah, she has, like, a fun, bubbly personality. Yeah, yeah. I Which you do not see in Kabir Singh at all. No, you don't see, like... I, it actually does not play her to, never, to her strengths at all. Yeah, you should never judge an actress by playing the love interest in Caviar Singh. But, like, that was a huge hit, so it probably got her lots of oh, uh, sure, attention. Oh, sure, sure. But she's she's great. From a business um, perspective, it does make sense to be in Caviar Singh. But all of her other movies have been entirely different. Yeah. I actually really liked Kartagarian in this. I think a lot of the jokes land. I think the jokes that don't, you can just kind of easily move past. So he's got kind of a... Bill Murray's smarminess that works well in a movie about fighting ghosts. Sure. Like, I don't take a... Well, okay, so in Luca Chupi, the other movie that I liked him in, yeah. he's constantly scrambling around as a guy who... Uh, it looks like he's addicted to getting married. And in this one, <laughs> like, it has to be... He has to be in a situation where he's not the high-status person. Yeah. Like, that's where this guy works. And that's where, like, most comedy actually works, really. Yeah. Like, when you're the person who's scrambling around and trying to make it look like you're high-status, but you aren't. Yeah. That's kind of how comedy works. I think you've only seen these two Cartagorian films. Yeah. Okay, but you've seen some more, and... But they're definitely, like... Are pretty sexist, like, bro movies. Yeah. They're, like, bros before hoes, the movies. But, like... 
the way the reason why this works and boot police is it subverts your expectations. Yeah. There's kind of some hucksters, but then you get the enjoyment of hucksters trying to pull an over on people. But then you also have people trying to deal with uh, ghosts. And I think I like Boot Police better because it had Jacqueline Fernandez in it. And I also thought that, I mean, it also has our favorite guy. So I thought that the interplay between the brothers was better. Mm -hmm. And the Pondit trio in this is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But I think the ghost is actually better in this one. Yeah, the ghost is better in this one. But they're both, like, pretty good. Yeah, this was a big surprise. I didn't have a lot of expectations for this. But, you know, I think, like, Bollywood really knows how to do horror comedy well. Yeah. Like, I I ended up really enjoying this. It was a big surprise. Tabu's fantastic. Yeah, between this and Sri and Ruhi, and I guess the next one in that is going to be Varun Dawan as a werewolf, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited for. And we're getting phone boot soon. Yeah. Phone boot. But, like, I could see, like... Um, what they used to call a monster rally. Go, go, a gone. Go, go, a gone. Yeah. Uh, but I could see a monster rally type movie spinning up where um, this was uh, what Universal did in the 30s and 40s was like, here's all of our monsters and they're all meeting Abbott and Costello or something. Like, you could do something fun like that. Yeah. Like, because they're kind of making the Ruhi thing, uh, the Ruhi Street cinematic universe of all these monsters. And I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's better than, you know, natu- nat- nationalistic propaganda about how much we hate Pakistan and stuff. Like, yeah. it's, that is a kind of a fun mode. So I like this. Yeah, so do I. All right, our last film. Okay, so this one, we're the only people who like it. <laughs> and it may be because we actually don't know that much about the area, which I will willingly cop to. Yeah. I actually don't know much about uh, the extreme northeast of India. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the chicken neck, which is an interesting term we learned in the course mm-hmm. of this film. Uh, it's called Anik, uh, which means many. And this is by Anubhav Sinha, who we've watched, I think... We've watched a number of films. We've watched a lot of his movies, and we've enjoyed lots of them. So Anik, Tapad, Article 15, Mulk. We haven't seen the Tumbin movies. No. Uh, but Raw 1 Raw we one. liked kind of for a different reason. Yeah. And then some of his earlier ones we haven't seen, but like... Raw One is fun, but all of his other movies that we've seen are good in a different way. Yeah, I really, really like Article 15 and Thapad. Those are among my, my favorite Hindi films. I think they, they're excellent. Um, I, I think the issues they discuss, they, they discuss them well. Um, and they're just like, they're so beautifully shot. Even Thapad, which is all like really like interior and domestic because of what it's about. I wasn't as crazy about Mulk but I know a lot of people like it a lot more than I do. Um, so he, he's a filmmaker that, you know, whenever he has something out, I am interested. And his last uh, film with Aishman Karana, Article 15, again, I think is Amazing. fantastic. Aishman oh, okay. Karana plays a sort of intelligence agent who has gone into various sort of hotspots for the uh, Indian government and sort of disrupted them. Uh, so he's up in northeastern India. And they deliberately do not tell you which state. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, there's a whole thing about could Indians actually pick out all the states without the mm-hmm. names on them. But he's up there to kind of stir uh, resentment against the local paramilitary leader, Tiger Sinha, uh, who is willing to come to the table with the uh, Indian government after 60 years of armed insurrection. And essentially what has happened is that Ishmael Karana has stirred up a rival uh, paramilitary guy named Johnson. That's the name of the uh, kind of movement. And they're using that to make 
um, Tiger come to the table. Meanwhile, there's a young boxer played by Andrea Kivichusa, mm-hmm. um, who is also from this region and is a, a boxer who would like to represent India on sort of the world stage, but is people are very racist towards her because yeah. she looks very Chinese, very kind of East Asian looking. Well, she looks like she, Northeast yeah, Indian. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And a lot of the conversation in this movie is about... Okay, what is an Indian person? Yeah. Do you have to speak Hindi? Uh, later on, Ishmael Karana talks to a guy from South India, and he's like, well, isn't Tamil Nadu north of this? Can't you call Tamil Nadu north? And they're like, no, 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 this is obviously south. Yeah. And it's a lot of just conversations about what makes a country a country. Yeah. And uh, I thought this movie was amazing. And yes, I agree. I don't understand the politics of this part of the world very well at all. It's obviously a very complicated situation, and a lot of people on Letterboxd and other places, I think, are coming at it from uh, Annabeth Sinha doesn't understand what he's talking about. He's trying to make a movie about a, you know, a situation that is not filmable, and yeah, they had a lot of reservations about it, but I think it's kind of abstracted enough that it works. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the movie Shanghai, which yeah. um, kind of takes place in a city that is being used as a special economic area, but we actually don't know what the city is. But you do recognize corruption and the misuse of authority there. And it's sort of like an allegory. And yeah, maybe this doesn't land the same way because it's more directly based on a part of the world where at least like Indian people know about that, or maybe they do. If you live up there, you definitely do. Yeah. Um, And you wouldn't want to see yourself reflected in this sense. But as a piece of entertainment and something that makes you think, I thought it worked. Yeah, I really liked this as well. I, I mean, I do agree with the criticism I've seen of the script. Um, we're just kind of some of the, the dialogues are a bit more like people speaking, not like people would actually speak, but kind of in like larger statements. Yeah, yeah it's kind um, of preachy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also agree that potentially the... The story is a bit confusing and kind of goes like in on itself at times in ways that, you know, doesn't completely come together. In, oh, I like that. I in thought what it's trying to say. It's a confusing situation yeah. and having a story that was completely linear and made sense would not be doing it justice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, but I think like the stuff that doesn't work is totally made up for by, well, and also I, I've also seen some criticism of, like the... The character, the character that Ayushman Karana is playing, his allegiances and his kind of heroism, like they kind of make him out to be a hero, and maybe they really shouldn't at times. He is probably, when it comes down to it, like a pretty bad person. Yeah, he's he's ca- by the end of the movie, he's caused a lot of people to die. Yeah, but I still really enjoyed a lot of this film, and I think part of it is well, it's incredible to look at. Yeah, I think there is some really harrowing scenes especially um with some of the kind of guerrilla fighters there's a young guy who kind of joins a guerrilla unit and his story is pretty horrifying and uh a sequence where there are a bunch of guys in uh bamboo cages sticking their hands out oh my god h mccrona's trying to figure out which one is this kid i mean that's that's an amazing image a horrible image but like like an amazing look to it. Yeah, there's just some really affecting sequences and, and images throughout this film. I also thought like this was, unlike a lot of the more kind of jingoistic and pro-military and nationalistic 
uh, films we've seen about the Indian military and about conflict in the country. Um, I thought this film, uh, it, it had, it wasn't trying to, it was trying to present things in more shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it, it doesn't condemn the, the guerrilla fighters. I think it is aware that these things are complicated. I have seen some criticism of the way that he tries to draw connections between kind of, um, militants in, the northeast part of India to things that are going on in Kashmir and other parts of the country, and that might be a bit simplistic. Yeah. But I think he is trying to make a statement about the complexities of these situations and that these militants and these these guerrilla fighters, they why they join this cause and that they are not necessarily the enemy. And I think it makes some interesting comments about that, you know, Everyone says they re- they want peace, but no one actually really wants peace because peace peace doesn't make money. Peace doesn't keep the wheel turning. Like there, mm-hmm. there, so many people are invested in the war. They're invested in the violence. They're invested in the conflict, and and so we can't <laughs> like we say that we want peace, but that's not what we're, we're like. That's not what we're actually really trying to do. We yeah. we need to keep this turning. So oddly enough, this reminds me of two J- John Abraham movies. Okay. Uh, Kabul Express mm-hmm. and uh, Madras Cafe. Yeah, that about makes sense. About very murky conflicts that if you, if you put more of a traditional jingoistic or hero- heroism yeah. angle on it, you get something like Phantom where um, Saif Ali Khan's character is completely justified in murdering a bunch of people. Yeah. It's... You know, or Yuri, the surgical strike. Yeah. Well, it's like, yep, they, they did a terrorism and it's yeah. totally fine. But in something like Madras Cafe or uh, Kabul Express, it's a character trying to go in. And I think even Ishmael Karana knows he'll never really understand this situation. Mm-hmm. Neither did John Abraham in both of those movies. But he's trying to at least do his job. And, you know, is there something noble there? I don't know. Maybe. But it's, it's about being opportunistic and, yeah. like... And corruption. And corruption. And his his superior officer in this movie is pretty corrupt as well. Yeah. And I guess, like, people just don't like that sort of ambiguity in movies. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean... I thought the boxing subplot would be a lot bigger. And it is sort of, like, part of the climax of the movie. But it's not as big as the, like, sort of advertising which you have, you believe. Yeah, I really don't think the, the kind of the romance between Ayushman Karana and Ido works at all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I do... I didn't even realize they had like romantic feelings until someone <laughs> actually said it. I do think her her character is important to the overall themes of the film. Yeah. Um, I also really appreciate that all of the um, characters who are Northeast Indian are played by Northeast Indian actors. Yeah. So you don't have like a Priyanka Chopra playing Mary Calm situation here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really complex film. And again, I also fully admit that I am not an expert on the political tension in this area. But I just, I think there are some images that that will really stick in my mind and some sequences that I just thought were fantastically realized. Even if the film doesn't kind of completely come together, maybe it's a bit misguided um, in some of its themes. I feel like I need to, to watch it again 
but I, I thought it was really well done, and I, I did really enjoy it. It's not as strong as Article 15, mm-hmm. but I still really liked it. Like, I think if you like The Family Man, mm-hmm. that's a bit more heroic version of this sort of story, but... yeah. That is the sort of thing that Minaj Bajpayee's character does, is yeah. go in and, you know, stir up trouble, basically. But he's, like, he's dealing with threats to Delhi, basically. I mean, I think it's Delhi, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And But if you like that sort of international intrigue, but want it to be a bit more Shades of Grey, this works for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, That's the, I, think I understand the, the criticisms, but I don't agree. I think the subplot with the, the one kid who joins the, the militants, I think that's... That's that's the strongest part of the film. All right, I think uh, we've discussed a lot of interesting films. Like I, I I think we thought it was kind of like dire out there that it was slim pickings, but we really did not have to like go into kind of like the drags to to find twelve movies to watch. Like twenty twenty one was worse. These were solid. These were solid twelve movies for the most part, minus Hero Panty. Too. I bet a lot of these are kind of things that they wanted to put out in twenty twenty one, but. Pandemic was still raging. I mean, it still is, basically. But well, people stopped caring. We're still waiting for films that have been delayed because of the pandemic. So, but like this is pretty solid stuff all around. And yeah, Boo Bulaya too was a nice surprise. And a lot of excellent roles for women: Lou yeah. Lapida, Garyon, Bad Haido, Gangubai, Jalsa, Boo Bulaya too. Like those are all like, I think Haido in this. She has an interesting character, and yeah, it's really like. One that that actress is meant to play, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, this was a very long episode, as yeah. they always are. Any other themes, though? Women? Um, we will return <laughs> to that no, no. conversation and discussion um, when we do our year-end review. Uh, we're going to be taking a bit of a break, so our uh, next episode is going to be out in late July. Uh, we're going to be doing another Neil Kapoor episode. Now, I'm not sure yet if it's going to be in our Anil Kapoor series or if we're finally going to be discussing Mr. India. Mr. India is on Z5. It appears to have subtitles. They appear to be matching. They appear to be synced up correctly. So it'll either be the next part of our Anil Kapoor series or we're finally going to be talking about Mr. India. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Oh, yeah. and let us know what your favorite movie of the year has been so far. Yeah, if you made it all these two hours in. What has been your favorite movie of the year so far? Anything we missed that we should check out for our year-end review? Let us know. Yeah. Which is the better sports movie? Jund or I think it's Jund. Anyways. (laughs) No one seems to like Jund. All right. Where can people find us in the meantime, Matt? Uh, At BollywoodPod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. Tumblr.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. I'm on Twitter at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Rate and review us. Yes, rate please. and review us. While you're doing that, you can also check out my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. We're recording an episode right away here on Fast Times at Richmond High and Never Been Kissed. So that should be fun. That's it. That's it.